the newsflash is, is there's more hard days than there are good ones. Like, and I think every CrossFit Games athlete or athlete who aspires to be one could tell you that. This is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never. My best self is better than every single person who's gonna walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was a moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. journey to a better you starts right now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. On this week's show, I am joined by Taylor Reber, a CrossFit athlete as well as affiliate owner. I saw Taylor competing at the MAC this year. The commentators brought her name up a bunch of times, but I didn't really think too much of it. I'm not the biggest fan of the sport of CrossFit, but I saw a YouTube video pop up across my Explore page that somebody did on her, and it was absolutely fantastic. I'm going to link that in the show notes as well, because I think that definitely deserves more views. I took a bunch away from this conversation, but the main thing that stuck out to me that Taylor was talking about is when you're doing the right thing, it's going to be easy. And not easy in the sense that you're not going to have to work hard, you're not going to have to have stress, and things aren't going to go wrong but you're always gonna know that you're doing the right thing. So for her, it's it's being a gym owner, it's competing at the highest level of CrossFit. She works incredibly hard. I'm not saying that what she does is easy, but you'll hear from the conversation that things have worked out exactly. They're meant to work out for Taylor, and uh, I think they're gonna continue to do that just hearing from her. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and let's shoot it over there now. That's one thing I wasn't able to pick up from your social media. Do you have a coach specifically for CrossFit? I don't have a coach, but I follow I follow a program. I follow Mayhem. So um, I follow Mayhem Athlete, and I've been doing that since we opened our gym in October 2020. And, like, from the moment I joined it, like, I legit, like, the whole first two months, I had to scale workouts. I was like, <laughs> like, I hadn't had to scale a workout in a long time and I was like man I I guess I wasn't uh like pushing myself or testing my capacity beforehand because I was not handi- I was not hitting like the intended like workout stimulus I was like going well beyond the cap and I was like man I have to modify this so I was first so do they do they pay attention like when you're a higher level athlete do you have a coach that you communicate with or it's just you're following a program and everything is kind of on you um, yeah, I guess like for, I guess like where I am, cause I'm not exact, I'm not there. So they don't see me. Um, I input my scores and I put like my notes in my section. I think that's more for me though. Uh, if I have a question, there's people and resources that I can reach out to, uh, but for the most part, like I'm pretty self-sufficient and not that like, I don't need a coach. I'd love a coach. Um, but I've, I'm at the point where I'm like, I, I know myself so much now and I know what I need to work on. So I'm kind of just like lying by the seat of my pants. <laughs> That's interesting. Cause cross CrossFit's such a new sport too. So it's like you can go the super individualized route or you can kind of piece together stuff. I see a lot of people who do that on social media, yeah. which I always think is probably not the best approach when people do mayhem workouts and then they do proven workouts and then oh my God, on a comp nuts. train. I hate it. Oh, I know people who do that. They like program hop. And I'm like, man, like consistency, like there's no like perfect program, right? Like everyone's going to claim that theirs is the best. I love mine because I've stuck with it and I've been consistent with it. So I've seen result, you know, and it's like, yeah, I could go on and on about why I think Mayhem Athlete is the best, but ultimately like I've just been consistent with it. So that's why it works. And people are like, well, mine's not working. It's like, well, have you been consistent with it? That's all I hate. Do you ever add stuff in on your own, like stuff that you feel like you need to work on, or you just follow whatever's on the program for that day? I pretty much follow, like, pretty much, like, to the T, man. But every once in a while, like, if there's something where I'm, like, man, that, like, specific muscle group is wrecked, so I'll sub something else in. Or if it's, like, a movement that I feel like I'm really efficient in, and like say bar muscle ups, I'm great at bar muscle ups, I'm great on the rig, but my ring work needs help. 
And so like if there's high volume or gymnastics skill work on bar muscle ups, I'll just be like, okay, I'm gonna make this like ring muscle up skill work. And that'll be more beneficial to me. Um, but for the most part, like mayhem is so diverse and that it like really crosses all the T's and dots all the I's. So it's pretty rare that like I get to a point where I'm like, man, I haven't seen this movement in a long time. I'm like, oh, we just did those. <laughs> I don't want to do it again. Yeah, I guess, I mean, now at this point, like the formula to get to the games, it's, I mean, you don't see anybody now who just shows up. Like the first mm -hmm. couple of years, people just kind of signed up and showed up to a random spot and it's not really organized but now it's just you don't see anybody who really gets there by chance and isn't training you know three four or five hours a day yeah and it's like the odd stuff like stuff that I would never program for myself that I see um like for example like swimming like I didn't grow up swimming like we we moved all over and when I was of like a decent swimming age I was in Colorado Springs and they were playing, we were playing hockey and soccer and cross country. We weren't swimming. And so I wouldn't have ever started like training and swimming hadn't, had it not been for like a program telling me, Hey, you need to swim. I was like, Oh, dang. Yeah. And before we talked a couple of days beforehand and you haven't really been doing this that long. So I'd kind of love to let people in on your journey, even into CrossFit. And then kind of when you started to really take it seriously and separate yourself. Yeah. Um, so I, I started coaching in 2013. Um, but I was, I, if I'm being totally honest, I got it as a job cause I quit college and I was like, I need to make some money, but I don't want to work in retail, I don't want like a standard typical job. I want something that's pretty cool, flexible hours. Um, so I heard through a family friend about CrossFit. He thought I'd enjoy it, thought I'd be a great coach. Turns out I loved it. And so it ended up being something that I took more seriously as a coach. Um, and then kind of coached at different gyms under some really awesome people, learned quite a bit. And then, but never really took it seriously, like as an athlete, because I was like, I would watch the game games and be like those girls are like out of this world there's no like, I'm gonna compete at that level so I never even like gave it a second thought um and I was also at college age so I was probably just like eating way too many pizza sticks and staying up too late to ever <laughs> be a competitive athlete and so it wasn't until 2020 like when we opened up um my affiliate to where I was like I don't really have a choice not to take this seriously and my husband was like, hey, like you have potential if you actually put all your eggs in this basket. I think that you could do really well. And so I was like, all right, here we go. So I signed up for Mayhem Athlete, got myself completely annihilated every single day. And then when I finally settled into a groove, I was like, okay, I can do this. And so I qualified for semifinals in 2021. And then again in 2022. And now we're going to make a push for the games because... I mean, I feel like if I keep doing what I'm doing, I feel like I can make it. So started taking it seriously 2020. Yeah. You make it to semifinals, which how many people make it to? 120? Top 120 yeah. in the world? 120. Which is incredible. I mean, there's people who have been doing CrossFit for 10, 15 years who are still trying to, you know, even crack the top thousand in, in the yeah. open. Yes. So to do that is is pretty awesome. Yeah, it was, I didn't think, I didn't anticipate to make it my first year. I was like, I'm, I want to make it close. Like I had a goal, like obviously like I had done the open coaching since 2013, but I always did it like for funsies and like we would do Friday night lights and I would crack open a Michelob Ultra afterwards. I never took it seriously. I was just there for a good time. Um, and then uh, that year, like our gym community was just awesome. Like everyone was rallying and first week like I did pretty good and I was like oh like hey let's this is cool made it to quarterfinals and I was like oh no pressure I think like I still didn't think it was gonna be possible so I just like had fun with it turned out I made it and I was like holy crap <laughs> so wow so yeah. the first year you made it didn't really expect to and then this year were you just you know all in like I'm gonna make it to the semifinals yeah, like I, I, I told myself like you have no you have no reason not to now. I'm I was more like, you know, every every season you feel more prepared than the than the last. And I was like, if I made it last year, what felt like kind of like cross my eyes and close my or cross my fingers and close my eyes. And I was like, now I've been like 
actively pursuing this goal, I better make it. And so I felt a little bit more pressure from myself, but I made it. And then I had a specific goal at semifinals this year versus last year. Like last year I went and I was like, I'm just happy to be here, man. This is awesome. Buy a shirt. It's going to be cool. (laughs) And then this year I was like, I had a very specific goal and kind of same thing for this next season. What was it about CrossFit originally? So, I mean, you coach for seven years before you opened up a gym and, you know, even decided to be an athlete. So what was it that kept you coming back and like enjoying it? Uh, The community. Like I've, I've always played sports, but I've always played team sports. Um, I grew up playing soccer my whole life. I played softball for a huge part of my life too, track, all that. Um, But like, in all that, I loved soccer. It, it was a huge part of my world, but it never felt like an identifying piece of who I was. And then I like started CrossFit and I was like, I am a CrossFitter. Like, <laughs> that is who I am. And it's just like a part of the culture, I guess. And it's contagious. And I loved the community. I loved, I guess from like the coaching aspect, like being a part of changing people's lives was addictive. And I love that feeling and just being like a small piece of people's success. I was like, I, I want to, this is my purpose. Like, this is what I'm here for. So that's why I kept coaching and then doing it. Like it's hard. Like it's really freaking hard. Um, and it's humbling and I've always loved a good challenge. And so I just kept exercising for time. Was there a point, like, did you, so you started your own gym like did you start that specifically because you wanted to take CrossFit seriously and you could kind of manage your schedule or even like why did you open up the gym in the first place and then how did you kind of cultivate that into okay I'm going to also be a competitive athlete because usually those are two things that are completely different like people either think gym owner or athlete not usually let's go all in on both at the same time. Yeah, I agree. It was kind of a wild decision now that I think about it. (laughs) But um, I think like this, the point of my life was kind of at like a turning point or like a growth point. Like I had coached at other gyms and under some other awesome people for so long. And then um, I took a break from coaching and I was like, well, I'm going to pursue what my degree is in. Um, And I thought that I was going to go get some like healthcare administrative job. And when I was like almost through the application process, I was like, well, this is horrible. (laughs) And I think my husband realized that too. And he was like, this is not what you want to do. Like, let's open a gym. And he was like all gassed up. And I was like, no, I don't want to like step on any toes because there are a lot of great gyms in our community already. Um, And ones that I had coached for and ones I had a lot of respect for. And so I didn't want to step into that space and, you know, kind of like disrespect the people that I used to work for. Um, but he was like, no, like, it's not like that. Like, this is what you love. So I was like, all right, screw it. Let's do it. And then when we made that decision, like everything after that, just like fell into place. Like, it sounds crazy to say that, but like everything was easy. Like we needed a building, boom. We needed equipment, boom. Like we needed X amount of members to, you know, stay above uh, a certain line to be profitable. Boom. Got it. Like on our open house. And I was like, this cannot be this easy. And so like, at that point I was like, okay, God, like this is a you thing. I get it. This is what I'm supposed to do. And then from that point, it's like, I was like, okay, now I own a gym and I think that would be really cool to go to the games one day. I'm already going to be in the gym all day. So might as well capitalize on that in between downtime and train. So it kind of went hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, it's funny hearing you say it because it's kind of like, to you it's just natural like this is what I'm gonna do but usually like that's such a big goal like now and I'm probably thousands of people now want to make it to the CrossFit games and think that a lot of people think they have to change everything and like you you know you have to get you have to get this coach and you need to go to this gym to be competitive and like you need to change all these things you need to follow my fitness pal and it's like this giant life event and for you it's just like I think this would be something that I'd enjoy. And then (laughs) now you're kind of here. Yeah. I mean, like, and that's the, like, all those are, all those approaches, like, aren't wrong. Like, I mean, there's always, everyone has a different 
approach to training. You know, every games athlete has a different routine and different responsibilities and doesn't make them any less invalid. It just makes them different. Like, you know, by no means is my approach the right way to do it. It just happens to work for me. So. Yeah. And I'm also not trying to underplay I'm sure it takes a lot of hard work. It's not like oh, yeah. you're saying some of these things have, have come easy, but it's the result of hard work and being prepared and all those things. It's not like it's, it's not actually easy. Yeah, no. Yeah, definitely not. But like it happening and like, there was no um, period where I was like, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Like it was it, that part, that aspect was easy. It was like clear as day in my face. Um, there's no avoiding it. It's like, okay, this is where you're meant to be. This is the space you're meant to serve. Um, make it happen. And then while you're at it, go ahead and chase your personal goals too. Yeah. And then, so kind of talk about the, the first year at the Mac and just getting there by chance. And then that second year having the expectations and specific goals, like kind of walk through that process. Yeah, I guess uh, the first year qualifying for the Mac did kind of feel like, Oh, luck of the draw. Like I didn't, I didn't fully believe that like I had earned a spot, I guess to say, like I had earned a spot, but in my mind, I was like, I'm just not, I'm still not good enough. Like I, I just made it here by chance. The workouts lined up. I did well enough. If workouts were different, I probably wouldn't have made it kind of mindset. And so I didn't have a lot of expectations. And so I went to the Mac, um, had a really awesome experience got humbled really hard <laughs> um, and then came back like with the game plan of like what I wanted to work on. Um, I got completely annihilated and, but in the best way. And instead of letting it like bog me down, I was all gassed up. I was like, okay, like, let's go, <laughs> let's make it on purpose next year. And so qualifying for the 2020 uh, semifinal I was like, okay, I made it last year. I finished 19. Goal, I was top 10. And if in my mind, I, I, I don't know why, but like I made it sound like to myself that like if you qualify in the top 10, then you belong there. Like I was like, I don't want to just go there and like work out and finish last and fart around. Like I want to actually, I want to do well. And so I finished top 10, and it was cool like being able to be in the final heat all weekend. I was like looking like down, like right or left to all the women that I follow on Instagram and I idolize in the sport. And I was like, I'm standing next to y'all. <laughs> this is so cool. So, yeah. How much, how much do you pay attention to your other competitors? Like, are you watching to see what they're doing? No, mm -mm. I don't do well if I do that. And I will purposefully like, I, like I, I have friends in the sport and I root for them and we chat all the time and like we share struggles and we'll cheer each other up like during tough days in training. But it's like when it comes close to competition season, like I'll even like mute my competitors on Instagram or I'll just take like a full on like personal social media break um, because I know myself best. And if I'm looking in other people's lanes, it's going to affect my game plan and my approach to workouts. And so it's like, if I see someone, you know, breaking a setup that I know I could do unbroken, I'm going to be like, well, she's better than me. That's probably smarter. I'm going to break it up. And then I shoot myself in the foot and I'm like, dang it, like stay in your lane. <laughs> and so I try my best to not worry about what my competitors are doing. Um, I just focus on my own, my own lane. How do you even prepare, like, especially for the Mac, how soon before the event, do you actually know what the workouts are? Um, I, I want to say we knew like a week or two, like a couple of weeks before. Um, and I'll never, I'm, and I, this might be, people might cringe when they hear me say this, but I never really like run through the workouts fully. <laughs> like I'll do aspects of the workout. Absolutely. Like if it's a newer, uh, a new movement or one I'm not super familiar with or a combination of movements where I'm like, oh, I don't know what to expect there. Um, I'll run through parts of it, but I don't typically do the workouts because I don't want to know how bad they're going to hurt. <laughs> I want to be able to like show up and 
I don't know, I guess kind of be like oblivious to the fact that this is going to wreck, wreck me. And so I'll kind of go into it with more of like an approach I would like a normal training workout and just hit it, get hit it with my best effort in hopes that it works out. <laughs> Do you feel like the experience factor definitely helped this year? Like going there last year, kind of knowing what to expect a little bit and how you're going to feel on day one, day two, and day three. Do you think that was helpful? Yeah, for sure. Um, Mentally, more than physically, right? Like physically, um, I was only as prepared as I was going to be showing up physically. Like I had trained as best as I could up until that point. So physically, my game was going to be as good as it was going to get. But my biggest lessons were the mental lessons. And like, it's really... I was anxious all weekend and I was like, man, I've never felt this amount of pressure. This is terrifying. You go warm up and then you stand in the corrals for like 20 minutes. And the last time you've hit a heavy snatch was 30 minutes ago. And now you got to go hit like 80% of your one rep in front of hundreds of people staring at you. And so it's just like the mental aspect, I think is what I felt more prepared for. And so like coming in this year, starting with the lift event at the Mac, like we did last year, um, I was like, don't look at the other girls lift. Like I turned my back to them (laughs) because when I saw other girls miss, then I got in my head and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss. Like, what if I miss? Um, So until I had completed my three lifts, like I sat with my back to all the other lanes because I I didn't want to see anyone miss and get in my own head. So I learned little things like that and how to eat, (laughs) how to prepare better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, those are all things that you really, you won't know how to manage until you get there. Yeah. I mean, the lifting factor too, like I come from a weightlifting background and that that's one thing that I never did at meets is pay attention to what anybody else is doing because somebody drops the bar funny and it just looks like a nightmare, gets pinned on a clean and I'm like, that's the last thing I want to be thinking about right when I'm about to take my 100%. Exactly. Like it's, it's absolutely terrifying. And like in a CrossFit gym, like, you know, as a weightlifter, you're used to hitting the light. People are staring at you. It's kind of like quiet until you nail it. But like in CrossFit, it's like everyone's screaming and the music's bumping and there's no green light to wait for. And so it's like, everything happens like at a different rate. And so when you step out on the floor and it's like, I can't hear the music because we're in this massive coliseum and there's like hundreds of eyeballs staring at me. I'm like one of those people that's like, hey, because you don't stand in front of my barbell. It's freaking me out. I don't hate you. (laughs) And so when everyone's looking at you, it's just weird. Yeah. The going, so I'm going back to a CrossFit gym now and I did weightlifting for like four years. And it's just so funny the way, I mean, people walk literally right in front of you when you're about to take a snatch or clean and jerk. And and it's not their fault because they don't know. But, like, if you're at a weightlifting gym, everybody, if you're taking a max out attempt, everybody's staring at you. Nobody's going. There's no distractions. It's, like, all about you for that 30 seconds or so. And then in a CrossFit gym, like, somebody's, you know, hanging from a rope. Somebody's walking right in front of you. The music cuts out, and you're just yeah. like, oh, my God, this is this you is like so much up, different. Like, you get set to load, and, like, someone's butt is, like, right in your face. They're, like, chalking up over the bucket. You're like, great. I love this. <laughs> I hope I hit it. What What do you do, like, between events? Cause, so you're doing two or three workouts in a day. So how do you kind of manage the, the downtime? Like what, what do you do in between? Um, eat really a lot of eating. Um, and I'll go back and like refuel protein shakes, easy digestible, fast carbs, uh, some sort of like dextrose, um, just put fuel back into my body. And then I usually just try to like, I don't know, like lay down, chill, visit with like my husband or whatever friends came to watch me compete and try to just keep it like as casual as possible. Because if I'm like sitting there and I'm talking about the workout, the next one, and I'm like, Oh, game plan, game plan. Then I'm like getting more freaked out. And so I'm almost trying to like go back and I like scroll through my phone and look at like stupid dog reels and be like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and just try to try to stay calm and relaxed. So that way I don't have to start, um, mentally wearing myself out till I go into the warm-up area. 
That's interesting. Do you do any sort of like mental preparation or training, reading, anything like that? Yeah, I do a lot of like visualization, um, a lot of breathing exercises, meditation. I'm, I'll geek out on that all day long. I'm a big believer in that. Um, and I think that's like one, one of the big things that like I heard a lot, like a couple of years ago on Ben Bergeron's podcast was he was talking about like, you have to visualize yourself succeeding. Um, and so I'll literally like put on just some either like worship music or some like vibey music and I'll close my eyes and I kind of relax. And like in my downtime, I'm just like, I'm thinking of things that will go right. You know, natural, naturally it's like, it's super easy to think about things that could go wrong or like, Oh, what if I miss this lift or whatever? If I hit muscle failure, it's like, instead I'll sit there and like think about things that are going to go right. And I'll visualize like a perfect execution of a workout. So that way in my mind, I'm like, this is going to be great. You're going to do awesome. Does, do you feel like it actually works? I, I just always had a hard time with like actually visualizing i kind of just always felt like it was corny and i'm like uh like what am i doing here with my eyes closed yep i'll give you that it can totally feel corny at first um but yeah like especially for stuff that's like i mean like either for a fast workout where it's like race style it's like i'll visualize myself just like freaking gunning it like chasing other people down like being in last but like trying to work my way up to the top and like you know that'll work for me and we're in a lift especially before a lifting event because that is something that I feel like I thrive. I do really well in. And so I always visualize myself hitting the lift. Like I never visualize missing. And so when I sit there beforehand and I'm like, oh, look at me, I just nailed that split jerk. I'm like, okay, then I'll go out there and I'll hit split jerks. I'm like, I know I can hit this weight. So I think it just puts me in a better mindset. It feels really cheesy at first. So I will say that. Yeah. I mean, how about meditation? Like what do you do specifically? I'm always interested in this stuff. Um, okay, so you ever, have you heard of the Wim, the Wim Hof method? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. absolutely. So breathing exercises, like the Wim Hof method breathing exercises, like I've got like that app. Um, but it kind of like mills you out and like puts you in this like state of mind where all you're doing is paying attention to the breath. And so it's like you turn off like all internal distractions, uh, like out of your head, freaking out. So I feel more calm. And I guess like present, like in my body and not so worked up inside my mind. So then I execute things better. And so, yeah, just start off with some breathing exercises where all I'm doing is focusing on the breath. So then I can just like shut my hyperactive mind off. And then, yeah. Yeah, I did a Wim, Wim Hof seminar a couple probably like a year and a half ago, but the, the breathing is so crazy. Like I, I do encourage people to at least go to a seminar or like do the app where you actually know, like it was good for me to go to the seminar because it was people who actually knew what they were doing. Sometimes yeah. you just see the YouTube videos and you're like, especially me, I was like, am I doing this right? Like I'm not, not feeling yeah. the tingling in the fingers and I'm, I'm oh, not yeah. sure if this stuff is working, but actually going to a seminar, I was like, wow, this is great. You literally get high from breathing. Yeah. yeah. It's like a euphoric feeling. It's so weird. Yeah. It's a very different experience. Um, have you ever done anything like that or like, how do you even oh, yeah. find the Wim Hof method? So, um, I read the book uh, cause I knew who he was like the ice man. He's known as the ice man. Um, and I'm a total chicken when it comes to ice baths. And I was like, but this guy, like <laughs> he's, he seems to have it figured out. So I got to read his book. So I read his book. I downloaded the app. Um, and it's got like guided breath work, but, um, I was initially introduced to breath work. My best friend, um, is a breathwork coach and she works for pause breathwork. And so I'd gone to some of her retreats and she was like, okay, we're going to do like some breathing exercises. And in my mind, I was like, dude, I love you. This is weird as hell, but I'll support you. I'll totally participate. Um, and so I, I was like, okay, whatever, we'll do this. I did it. And it legit like knocked me out. Like I passed out in the fetal position. I was just like snoozing. And I was like, what was that about? And she was like, you had some, like, your body was all worked up with all your daily stress and anxiety and your hyperactive thoughts that you crashed. And that was your body, like, it needed rest. And you don't give it rest. And so it forced you to rest. And then I did another breathwork session with her where 
at the end, like, you know, when you breathe, you release a lot of stuff that you're holding inside. And so I let go of, I guess, a lot of like stress and anxiety and doubt. And at the end of the breathwork session, like I just bawled. Like I started crying. I was like, what the hell? It's so weird. I was like, it wasn't like little ones, you know, like crying to Avril Lavigne in your car. Like it was like full on, like, like sobs. I was like, whoa, this is weird. Um, but I felt so much better after. And like you said, like that high feeling, I was like, whoa, it's totally out of mind. Do you do that on a daily basis now? Or is that like just a competition thing? She's probably going to like hit me when I say this. No, I don't do it on a daily basis. Should I? Yes. Um, just because like my day is so like overstimulating and I am so active throughout the day. That's like, I probably should do some breath work before bed each day. Um, but I don't, I don't do it as often as I should. Okay. So. Well, maybe you can commit to that now. Now that, I know, now I that it's myself. top of mind. <laughs> Just tattle on myself. Yeah, for sure. Well, the, yeah, that's, I mean, anything that you can do, especially like a, a big competition like that, and it's three days. So, I mean, it's a lot of stress to manage. Like, a, I mean, even anybody who competes in a local CrossFit competition, it feels a lot different when you go from working out once a day to you do a workout and then it's like two hours later you feel beat up, your body's tired. And then it's like, Oh, you have two or three more after this. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy too. It's like, that's how I guess like in the last two years, my training has evolved too, because that feels normal to me now. Like that's a normal training day, like to do two to three Metcons a day, um, break, breaking them up into session one and two. So whenever I do go compete like semifinals the first year, I was sore. Oh my gosh. I was so sore. I was like, I feel like I just ran a marathon. That was the worst thing ever. My body hurts. And then this year I just had like mild soreness, but it didn't feel like anything outside of a normal training week. And so, I don't know. It's kind of, I guess how like training in most like competitive programs has evolved is like two, three Metcons a day or multiple training sessions a day. If you're going to compete at that level, like you might as well train like that regularly. Besides training that much, what do you do as an athlete that you wouldn't tell your members to do as a coach? <laughs> um, I try a lot of stupid stuff, like in between, like all the skills, like I'm like, don't try this at home. I think I've literally said that, um, like all the crazy new skills that are coming out at the games, like I've, I've never, I would never try, but you see them struggle at the games with it and I'm like dang I guess I gotta work on this stuff so I'll try some like I'll be in the corner while a class is going on just like falling on parallettes or just like act, like dropping from a rope because like my grip came out just doing stupid stuff and uh or whipping myself with a jump rope trying to do double crossovers and uh that's definitely stuff I tell my members like maybe you should build a foundation of strength before you try all these tricks <laughs> Do you, do you encourage members to compete? Yeah. I mean, if that's their goal for sure. Um, like the biggest thing that I ask people to like, whenever, you know, cause it's easy for people to look at competitive athletes and be like, Oh, I want to be just like you. And so it's like, hold on. My first question is always, well, what are your goals like in life? And they'll tell me their goals. And if their goals aren't centrally located around competitive fitness, then I'm like, okay. So let's train what your goals are for. You know, most people are like, well, I just want to be healthy. I want longevity. Um, and I want to be able to watch my grandkids grow up. And I'm like, well, then you don't need six hours a day of training. Like maybe don't sign up for a competitive program. Instead, be consistent in our hour-long classes and try things outside of the gym. Try a yoga class. Go to a bike, a bike class. Go for a hike. Like I encourage them to kind of pump the brakes, I think, more than compete. Yeah, we have athletes who want to compete. And still, even in that level, it's like they're, we have like local comp athletes. Like, so I kind of have to make sure, like, make sure you're not doing too much. Like, you're going to hurt your body, slow down, meet yourself where you're at. Like, you don't have to do all this crazy training. Um, I don't know. It's just, I guess it's dependent on the person. Like, I try to ask the person and pick their brain, like, why? Like, why do you want to compete? And if their why doesn't line up with their priorities in life, then it's like I try to re-navigate them to what their training style should look like. 
Yeah, it's definitely one sport where I mean, like some. So I'm doing jujitsu right now, and they like really encourage everybody to compete. But a CrossFit competition, like especially the the open, I guess everyone should probably do that in some mm-hmm. capacity. But yeah. like doing a lo- doing a local competition, even doing three or four workouts in a day for the average person if you're working outside like it's not necessarily going to benefit you in really any way I mean there are a lot of benefits to competing but not necessarily if you're just doing it to be a healthier person yeah no I I agree and that's like the biggest I think that's like the biggest conversation I'll have to have with like some people too it's like do the, like, you know, they want to compete. They want to do the open because um, it gives them year by year progress. And I always encourage that. Um, and we do like a huge like Friday Night Lights community thing. So it's just a cool way to kind of bring everyone from different class times together to meet and encourage one another to kind of re um, just kind of continue to develop the community aspect of the gym. But outside of that in local comps, like I've got we've got a solid group of people that do like to compete locally. And so, and that's their speed and that's their tempo. And it's like, heck yes, I'll encourage that. Um, you know, but then we've got people who it's like, you know, I don't want to compete. Like, I just, I want to come work out. I want to go to the comp and cheer on people who compete. And it's cool. Like, I want that here too. Like that gets to be here too. That's just as important. Um, and so everyone's kind of we've got athletes kind of at all different stages. So it's cool to get to know them and their goals and encourage them accordingly. Yeah. Do you feel like because you've gotten like to the as far as you've gotten people show up to the gym expecting to like you know train with you all the time and be like oh I'm going to you know go train with Taylor because she's at the semifinals and then I'm going to make it I would say I would say our gym has attracted a pretty big competitive crowd and that might be because of um me going to semifinals. Um, and so we do have a lot of people from the area who are maybe at other gyms or when we first opened, they're like, I want to compete in CrossFit. So I'm going to go where the, where some of the best competitors are. And my, my biased opinion is, is like, even my coaches are like stupid fit. Like my coaches are great coaches first, but second, they're also fantastic competitors. Like I have coaches who went to semifinals on team. Um, I have coaches who are in together team for the games this year who probably will make it. Um, and so we do have a really solid group of competitors at our gym. And so we continue to contract or attract a lot of competitors. And so, yeah, I've had, I have a pretty solid group of people that train at our gym to compete. And so that's cool. Like my training partner came from a different gym and he's switching to individual and he's like, well, I want to train like an individual. So I got to train with the only other individual I know in this area. And so we train together. And so it's cool. Yeah, that is cool. And I guess at your own gym too, you can really organize like everything that you need to be organized, like for the optimal training, you can kind of set that up yourself. Oh yeah. It's cool. Like we make the joke, like in the morning, um, my two of my coaches work out early in the morning at like the 5 30 a.m time and they have their little squad of like competitors that do their open gym program and they call themselves a breakfast club and then in the afternoon there's like a second group during open gym and we call ourselves the lunch special and so like there's like this like internal battle between the breakfast club and the lunch special because like we're all at that like competitive level and it's funny because, like, we'll kind of, like, go back and forth, like, playfully on social media, like, where you at, Breakfast Club? <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's the next step? Is the, the – you went from 19th to 9th. Is the games inevitable for 2023? Is that the goal? The goal's games. Yeah. Um, I it's, – it's really cool being a semifinal athlete, but for me it's not enough. Um, to make it to that level is a massive – accomplishment and people who make it to that level like absolutely works their butt off to get there but for me personally like I want more and so I my push is for the games like I don't want to just be a semifinal athlete I want to be a games athlete what do you think will be different or like like what does it mean to be a games athlete is that something like you 
you know, like a huge goal where you're like, you know how you see people who put like CrossFit Games athlete in the Instagram bio. Like, do you feel oh, like yeah. it'll change change how you do anything, or is it just like, you know, something that you want to have to put on your your resume? Like, what's kind of driving the driving force there? Um, I guess it's like it's just like it's for me. It's not for anybody else. It's not for clout. It's not for the Instagram bio. Um, in my sport, I love this sport. I've invested a lot of time and energy into the sport. And if that's the highest level of competition for me personally, like I want to get there. And I, I think that I can do it. And I know that I can do it. Um, and so it's going to be more of like an accomplishment for myself, not for anybody else. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the best mindset you can have, like yeah. not doing it for anybody else. If if you're like doing it because you think that's that's the cool thing to do or you feel like your parents or your friends want you to do it. It's like, like and oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say that video that I saw on YouTube, which I originally reached out for. Um, I mean, you talked about all the all the things that you are before being an athlete like being a gym owner, being a coach, being a wife, being a mom, like all those things. And to even get to the level that you've gotten to is incredible so far. And like to, to even be able to push it to the next level is, is such a good goal. But like, like you said, to just do it for yourself and not do it because anybody else wants you to do it. Yeah. It's, there's like, yeah, it feels cool to like say, Oh yeah, I mean semifinals, but it's like that's not what keeps me training and kicking my butt in the gym every day. Like that's not gonna keep you there. Um, not for anyone else. It's like it's this it's gonna be the satisfaction at the end of the day of walking out, you know, wherever we are at the games into the arena or on the field. Um, and just having that moment to myself where I'm like, like you did this, like you didn't give up when it got hard you kept persisting and pushing through like little aches and pains and injuries and little setbacks. Like you persisted and you got here. Um, and it's just going to be like a way to go. You like high five myself moment. And so, um, but yeah, it's just going to be cool. And like, that's, that's all I want from it. And that's what keeps me, um, training in the gym, paying attention to what I do. Yeah. And that I was going to make that point too. Like if you, I mean, having those goals and like because you love it you're gonna go much further than a person who is just doing it because that's the thing to do like I mean you're talking you're doing two or three metcons a day you're training for three four hours on top of doing everything else that you have to do you're not gonna get there if you don't absolutely love it if it's not what you're passionate about if it's not what fires you up like you're gonna go much further than than the person who's like, oh, I want to go to the games because Noble's a sponsor and I'm going to get a bunch of dope shoes and shirts and all that stuff. Like, I don't even, like, I, like, Noble, I like their clothes, but I don't even wear their shoes, man. I wear Strike, I wear Vans. Like, <laughs> I don't care about their shoes. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, that's it. It's like, you can sit there and if your reason to go to the games or to do anything is for clout, like, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, Cause that's not what is going to get you through the tough days. And the newsflash is, is there's more hard days than there are good ones. Like, and I think every CrossFit games athlete or athlete who aspires to be one could tell you that like the days where I walk into the gym and I'm like, Oh, I'm crushing it. I rocked my Metcon lifting felt good. My body feels awesome. My extra pains. Like that's like once every, every once in a while, like that's, very that's a very rare feeling most of the time it's like oh i'm tired i didn't sleep enough last night um i'm underfed my body aches while i lifted i couldn't push my heart rate was through the roof on the first round it's like all these like negative things and it's like you try to stay positive but like for the most part like most days are hard and clout is not going to get you through those hard days it's like the promise that i made to myself like prove it to yourself do it for yourself um so that way, I don't know, you can celebrate and share this moment with your husband and share this moment with your daughter. Like that's what is like getting me to it. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Is there is there anything else like you had you have in your toolbox to go to when the day is not going good? Like yeah. Like what do you do? Say say it's one of those bad days and like lifting feels like shit and you know the metcom wasn't good. How do you kind of cope with that in the moment? Um in the moment like I mean I pray a lot and like everyone has a different higher power mine is Jesus. Um <laughs> Jesus helps me through the rough days. So I pray, like, especially, like, more so for me, it's, like, self-doubt. Like, if I am having a bad day and it's just, like, doubt creeps in. I'm like, well, you're not good enough. Like, you have all these excuses. You have too much on your plate. You can't dedicate the time or energy. And I'm like, no, those are lies. Like, what does God tell me? Like, you know, God put me here on purpose. Everything lined up the way it was supposed to. So he believes in me. So I have to believe in myself, too. And But then um, also, like, journal as cheesy as that sounds, I, mean, I just sound like a real tree hugger right now. I was just like, breathe and journal. <laughs> um, but it works. Like as cliche as it sounds, like I totally just, I will brain dump all the negative self-talk onto a piece of paper. And like, when I see it, I'm like, this is this shit that I'm feeding myself. Like, is this conducive to what I want to accomplish? No. Okay. Well say something nice, <laughs> like say something positive. And so that is helpful to me. If I can kind of just like, cut the crap and stop feeling sorry for myself and say something nice it's so disappointing like I'm 190 episodes in and I mean nobody has told me anything that I didn't know before like it like you said journaling doing breathing all that stuff but it it doesn't mean like you don't journal one day when things are going bad and it's a benefit like journal consistently breathe consistently like stay disciplined and do your metcons every day like there's no there's no solution it's just like if you want to get to a certain level you have to do all these things for a really long time and they're boring and you're probably going to feel like you're not making progress and there's going to be a lot of days where you're like why am i doing this but if you just keep stacking them up for months and years and decades then you're probably going to be in a successful place if you don't do that you're probably not going to reach a goal yeah, I and mean, that's it. Like it's, it's any. You have to look at what your what your consistent habits are, and if you spend, if you're collecting a bunch of one percent of of negative BS, at the end of a year or two years, you're gonna have hundreds hundreds of negative moments, and you're gonna find yourself in this deficit. But it, instead, you can flip it down on win every day, one one percent win. It's like, I'm just out here collecting 1% wins. <laughs> like, no day is perfect. Um, but if I can finish the day, even if it was just like a complete shit storm of a day, and I can be like, I still showed up. Boom, 1% win. You know, it was sucked. I didn't feel like it. I was sore. I was tired. I was grouchy. But I still showed up, and I put the work in. I gave my best effort in that moment. That's a win. So I try to collect yeah. I think that's good to hear too, because a a lot of people might look at you and, you know, you're muscular, you're, you know, making it to a really high level. And it's like, no, a lot of days suck and you don't want to necessarily do what you have to do, but you, you just make the choice to do it where other people usually on those days say, you know what, I'm going to skip today. I'm not feeling right. Yeah. It's like, those are the days where I have to like remind myself of my why. And like lately um, I've been trying to just like repeat like a daily mantra to myself and I'll even write it like on my hand, whether it's like one day I was just like, I knew I needed to attack the workout. It was full of weaknesses. Like this whole day was just going to eat my lunch. Like it was just shit that I was bad at. And so I wrote on my hand CrossFit Games 2023. I just wrote it. So every time I went to pick up a barbell, like right there, I could see it. You know, anytime I went and I was down on the floor for a burpee or I was rowing, like I saw it on my hand. And so in the moments I felt sorry for myself or like I'll repeat to myself like one day at a time, you know, because that's another one like I'll think of in the future, next week, next month, next year. It's like I need to focus on like today, like right now where I'm at right now. So just little mantras help with that, too. Have you thought about what fitness looks like after you're done competing? Oh, this question gives me anxiety. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I do, like, I, you know, I try to, I try to, like, think about, okay, 
you know, I, I have so many identifiers outside of CrossFit. I really do. Like CrossFit doesn't identify who I am, but when it is such a huge part of my life, it's so terrifying to think about, like, I'm going to have so much extra time in the day. Y'all, I'm going to have like four to six hours of free time and I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Um, but I think it's going to be more of actually working on my classes because, I mean, I'm working out by myself in between classes right now. So I can definitely see myself hopping in, you know, going back to like five to six days a week of just an hour of CrossFit with my gen pop, having a good time. And then um, coaching the future. Your dogs are going nuts right now. Oh, boy. My dogs are fighting other dogs at the fence. Sorry. Oh, boy. It's all <laughs> good. Um, I have a lot of, like, teens and young, um, young people in my gym that have games aspirations. And so I totally see myself, like, putting on a more significant coaching hat and helping them hit their goals. And so kind of passing the torch, I guess, whenever that day comes. Yeah, that's really cool. You can really like build up your, your own little comp train or mayhem. Oh man, I'm telling you, in your backyard. The, future, the future is at Einhorn. I have some stud teen athletes that I'm so gassed up about. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. And it, I mean, it's such a new sport where I mean, 10 years ago, you didn't really have teens getting into it. So, I mean, now, and is that something that's been discouraging to you? Like when you look over and the <laughs> lane next to you is somebody who's 17 years old and you're like, wow, they, like they probably feel so much better than I do right now. Yeah. I'm like, how are your elbows help holding up? Do you have tendonitis yet? Probably not. I do in both. Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy watching. Oh yeah. It's like, they, they start younger and younger. Like I have kids that I had like five years ago at a CrossFit kids camp of age 10 coming into my gym. Like, Hey, do you remember me? I'm like, Holy cow, you're 15 now. And you're doing the same skills I am. And you're giving me a run for my money on Metcons. Like this is kind of terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's, that's good that you got into it when you did. And then who knows, 10, 15 down, years down the road, CrossFit might be like a the major, major League Baseball or the NFL or something. It might get to this level where if you didn't start at four, like, sorry, you started too late. Basically. I, I feel like the sport gets younger ever. Especially uh, the women's field, for sure. It's a lot of young. Well, awesome. Where can people go if they want to follow you on Instagram or um, support your gym as well? Uh, my gym Instagram is the Einhorn CrossFit, it's just at Einhorn CrossFit. Um, and then my personal Instagram is Taylor A. Reaver for quality awesome. dog content and training fails. <laughs> I love that. Also, yeah, and I'm excited to keep watching you. Um, I watch the Mac, and I'm not a huge CrossFit fan, but this year, um, I mean, they brought your name up a bunch, like a couple, the couple workouts that I did watch, they kept saying Taylor Reber. And then it was funny. I just came across that YouTube video and was like, I'll reach out to you. And then, you know, probably a year down the road, you'll be at the games and it'll just be cool to watch your progression. Yeah. I, that's the plan. That's the plan. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.